those things or never stepped in in the first place. And I think these are two things that we tend to actually try maybe on one or the other to counter as we explore our own spirituality. And I'm going to define them this morning and probably in, uh, from here on in, we're going to talk about it in these terms and they'll become hopefully familiar to you. But there are two things that over and over again people reflect. You can look up surveys with uh, McCrindle or even uh, things like uh, the ABS. Um, there are studies on, um, on spirituality or where people are, um, what people are doing in terms of their religious um, affiliation. There are studies internationally uh, in the US that reflect on what led or has, is leading people to either go or not go to church, be part of Christian community or not. One is that the faith that they talk about or that they encounter in, what, in the places that they've been lacks some kind of depth. They're looking for something that's deeper than what they have experienced, been taught, or explored or found in the place where they initially were at. Sometimes it's because um, they went along and it was very traditional and went along and experienced something that was like, you know, a, a ceremony of sorts but didn't encounter anything that engaged them in a real way. Or sometimes it's because they went and it was all experience and all engagement and nothing born of it. But either way, and in probably hundreds of others, there is a search that is going on in at least like the youngest of the two generations as a majority, but even in generations above that, in increasing numbers for something that is deeper, a deeper faith, an authentic faith. Something that they find affects their life, that they can, uh, that is real to them and meaningful but actually has meaning in the world around them as well. I think we have slides. Ah, there we go. So we speak of a few things, and these are the sort of things that we want to be characterised by so the second is a wider effect, a faith that actually has an impact on areas of our life outside of a Sunday morning, on areas of our neighbourhood, on things that we see when we turn on the TV and watch the news. People are searching for a faith that actually has meaning and relevance beyond the right type of music. Relevance goes beyond just uh, the style which we 
use to communicate, actually it doesn't have much to do with that at all. You can have an irrelevant message packaged in very modern appealing terms. But the gospel that we want to speak about is one that is good news to the poor. That people hear and makes it, it speaks to something in them that allows hope to rise. So I'm going to speak about a few of these things that are either giving us ways to explore a deeper faith or a wider faith. I think we're having some technical difficulties with the slides, but you'll have to follow along. Do we have the third slide, guys, or are we having complete failure up there? We're good? Cool. This is probably my bad. The, it never seems to translate between the devices. And so we're going to talk a little bit this morning about ways that we want to bring together being a church that goes deeper and wider. And so you'll hear us use the phrase deeper, wider, different. What's different is that I know people who have explored the deeper. I know places where they're all about worship. And I know that we've tried to do that at times. We've tried to be all about encountering God in a real way, more prayer, more uh, study, more um, you know, putting together more things that uh, lead us into a real relationship with God and all of those things are good. I know people that have gone and uh, studied at um, college and done you know, their whole um, degree in theology and all these things are good things. But still, it kind of, unless we bring it together with the wider, it becomes all about us becomes all about what we know or the next big experience. I know places that do the wider incredibly well, but to the point where they're not actually able to find or encounter or build a relationship with God that drives that. And it becomes either a religion of its own or an addiction of its own. We've been there. Where service becomes our spirituality, where doing stuff becomes what we hide behind. Where all the good, you know, can actually become God to us. So I've seen deeper done well. I've seen wider done well. And I think at times we've swung between doing one or the other. What's different is exploring a way to bring these things together. Is doing church in a way that might look a bit different so that we cannot 
leave behind building into spaces that allow us to encounter God in a real way. Not leaving behind things that would help us to disciple, to be discipled, to grow, to train up and explore scripture, to all of those things that are going to help us to form a deeper faith. But still, to put it in context and to, uh, to build it into a picture that makes it relevant to not only our real life beyond Sunday morning, but the bigger, wider picture of the world. If we really believe that the gospel brings hope and changes lives, then shouldn't it change the world too? And so we're going to talk about some of the things that we want to do in the future and what we're going to be doing over the next 12 months. The reason we're doing it in those terms is you might know um, and if you're new with us, here's a little bit of a backstory. We're a church that has been around for longer than I have. So there's history here. And we're looking to make that the foundation of something new that God is doing in a group of people who most of us have not known each other that long, who've just stepped into this place or in the last, you know, year or so, a small group of us who've been around for the last five or so, maybe a little longer, but we're not, it's not like we have that 30-year history as a group, but there is that here. And this building has been around for about 15 of those, and we thank God for the resources he's given us, which allow us to do the things in our community that we have been able to do that we're doing now and that we seek to do. But we believe that it's time for God to take us into a new phase in that. And so we're looking uh, to sell this building and move within the same area, probably no more than a five-minute walk away, into a space that's going to be able to... uh, to be able to use for all the things that we want to do. Um, To give you an example, just this week, so we have also one here through the week, and uh, and we are looking at running the WACOS, which is WA Council of Social Services, um, food, uh, not emergency relief, they're transitioning within community services into uh, food security and helping communities to build food security around vulnerable individuals and families and so that um, that gathering of leaders or um, head of departments and um, thinkers in those organizations are getting together and we were asked to host it and we have this issue where we actually don't have a space that's big enough to host that during the week because Altawana here and we love having Altawana here and they're finishing up in just the next couple of weeks and we have 15 young people graduating from year 11 and 12 who previously had been kicked out or left or completely disengaged from school 
And so I, you know, how do you prioritize one over the other? Well, maybe you say what God is doing with our space is a, a little bigger than what we are able to do now. That doesn't mean, by the way, a bigger location. It actually just means purpose building it in a way that we can section different areas so that we could have both alongside each other. And so we're looking to transition over the next 12 months, building something. So it's a church building program of sorts, not one that looks like having to raise the funds for a location or any of those sort of things, but one that means we build in strength and capacity to be able to do what God is calling us to do. And so we'll talk about what we're doing over these next 12 months so that we can step into what we're, call, we're called to do beyond that when we move uh, from here into a new space. And we will be talking about that in terms of going deeper in our own faith and in, in uh, what we do as a church for the purpose of going wider, reaching further, whether that be in leadership, whether that be an influence, whether that be in inviting people in and reaching those that are lost, going from the 99 to the 1. I had this revelation this morning, not this morning, this week, um, and it's like we like to talk about going after the 99, I mean after the 1, but it actually means you have to leave the 99. And I had not realised how much we had probably felt like we'd had, we've had to leave the 99 in a lot of respects and maybe step outside of what is comfortable and normal and what, you know, our friends are doing or um, so that we can go for the one. And I had for the longest time been in a place where I had wanted to wait until we could step into that big picture the, after this 12 months and, you know, just believing it would kind of figure itself out and I knew where, like, God is taking us into that um, new space and not wanting to do the in-between or maybe feeling like uh, we're not able to do things in the in-between. And what I want to specifically talk about is the ways that we can do the in-between well. So if we want to talk about being a place where we uh, have uh, the resources and the people who are equipped to be able to hold these conversations, make space for exploring faith and lead in our community, then right now we can be talking about doing things uh, throughout the year that are intentional in discipleship, like we have, but with more structure around for our uh, connect groups and the, uh, the people that are um, facilitating things, uh, other ministries throughout the year. Having a, an intentional calendar that on Sunday we come together and we grow together as a community through this uh, process of being discipled. 
We don't need to necessarily, and maybe we will run another, you know, space outside of Sunday morning, but we don't have to do away with Sundays being about growing in God to reach our community. Actually, I think it's something that has become counterproductive. When we make Sundays about reaching and evangelism, it should always be welcoming and inclusive, not the place where we do our outreach or evangelism. We not only take away from people the responsibility and the, um, not even the responsibility, but the, um, the understanding that what we do when we leave this place is supposed to be going to, into all the world. We come together to go deeper, to be equipped, to be inspired, and this should be a place where people who've made a decision can come and actually be taught and learn the things that they need to be able to then go. Uh, we do want to make space for leaders to, uh, to study and to be equipped to study. And uh, like the word says, uh, the... Um, rightful breaking down of the script. I can't remember the word. I have a mental blank. Uh, where it's the Correctly dividing is the word. Dividing the word of truth. So those of us who teach are able to be uh, responsible with that um, task of being able to break down and deliver the word of truth in a way that people can receive it and that actually requires some training and equipping and, um, and having the resources at hand. Because we value scripture, we don't want to just take it at surface value. It's been so misused. When we don't take it in context, when we don't look at it in its entirety, when we don't have the ability, horrific things have been done with the word of God because, or maybe because some were ill-intentioned, but often because we didn't know any better. That may be slightly personal confession. And bringing in people. We can bring people. We may not entirely be all there yet, but we can bring in other voices. We can bring in people who can help us to learn. So there are things that we can do now so that we can get to the big picture. Is that starting to make sense? I know I jumped around a bit because we didn't quite have the thing up. but um, So when we're talking about this new space that we move into, we're talking about re- making a resource that not only we as a church can use, but our community can use, that we can invite people into that space so we're not waiting on people to come in on a uh, on a Sunday morning and then try to tell them about who Jesus is and then try fit in a teaching as well and then try we show them all week who Jesus is through what the church does we not only show them through what we do here but what those who are part of the church go out to do Everything that you do when you go from this place into the world is the work of the ministry. And so creating a space here 
that can facilitate some of those things, develop those things in people. So including in that space a co-working environment that can be used by people in our community, there's a lack of shared space in, in the city of Joondalup. We've um, been and sat with the community development officer and, um, and the community development team in uh, the city of Joondalup and one of the consistent messages we get is that there is not enough space for people to do collaborative stuff and if we believe that the answer to the world's problem is bigger than any one person, individual or church, then maybe we can lead in that space by just making room for people to come together. And by doing that, we witness to who God is. By doing that, we show that God is about others before ourselves, that God teaches us and it's our relationship with God that leads us to recognize the value of other people around us. We preach the gospel before we even step into this place on a Sunday morning. Making space for Altar One in an intentional environment, a place that's been purpose designed so that those young people feel valued when they walk into this place, not that like they've been stuck in a corner again in their life, but where they have a place to be, that they feel safe, that they can get the things that they need. The program is incredible, but there are limitations and sometimes there are things that need to be put in place to make that work for them. And so being able to put together that space for them, creating a children's area that is able to be used by families and groups that meet during the week or that can even allow for people who are working in that co-working space who have kids because we know that mums who are not you know, necessarily working a full-time uh, job in an office often have things that they're exploring and doing and making space for them to be able to work in that environment and creating a place, a retail space that we can have uh, small businesses, social enterprises and even our young people who struggle so much to get placements for their end of year. They have to do a um, work placement and one of the most heartbreaking things I ever witnessed was a young person sitting at one of those tables out there and a directory of businesses in Joondalup just calling business after business after business. Hi, my name's... I need to find a placement to do my work experience so that I can finish year 12. Is there any chance you'd take a student on and being rejected over and over again? One of the limitations of being a smaller community is we don't have hundreds of businesses represented here on a Sunday morning. And so our students, even though we have the biggest campus in the northern suburbs of Alta One, struggle to find placements because we don't have enough businesses to place them in. It'd be ideal to have them alongside people from the church community. Imagine if we had a cafe and retail space that they could not only explore the dreams that they have, the creative abilities that they have, alongside other small businesses and social enterprises that 
could mentor them in that space. Bringing together a whole lot of um, smaller groups that may not have the capacity to start something on their own, creating employment opportunities, which is another key area of need in our community, especially for young people. And we show, again, who God is, that he is creative, that he has a plan for every person. He has put in them purpose and giftings and abilities and value to add to the world. And that if we could make space for them and get alongside them and give them opportunities for them to step into that we speak to that which God has put in them. But we also bear witness to who God is, that he loves them, that he values them, that it's him that put those gifts, abilities and desires, that dream to change the world, that innovation and uh, you know, different thinking to bring a solution to a problem. It was God that put that there. We don't need to preach who God is. We just sometimes need to point in the direction of what he's already doing and help others to see it. And when we reflect well who he is, that is so much easier. But we don't have to wait until we're in a new space to do all of that. There are things we can do now. We can support our students in Alter One. We can even begin to include our staff and those that are working around in that place in ways that help them to be more part of the church community. I would love to have a roster of committed people from the church who would come in pairs on a Monday morning and pray with our team here and pray for them just to let them know that we're behind them, that the church, the whole church is behind them, to open up opportunities for young people to work in those small or even bigger business environments in workplaces where they can be mentored and given the guidance they need. We have our food ministry, which is developing more into food security network, working with other organisations. There are things we can do now. We can volunteer on a Thursday when people come in and that space is growing. We have more families than ever being referred. We're also including other churches in that network and I'd love to have someone coordinate that. Because now not only is our church doing it, there are three other churches in the northern suburbs that are doing that. Wider. Not just about us. But that's started out of what we do here. We can praise God and thank uh, Margie for her brilliant work on our grant writing. Um, where we were awarded this week uh, a grant for our community care ministries, which 
we got a, a grant last year, which we were incredibly grateful for. We ran through in less than the full year. Um, so we applied thinking they might make us wait till the full year's over. We applied kind of somewhat ambitiously for three times nearly the amount that we'd applied for last year. And we were awarded that grant this week after four days. It usually takes four months to get a grant through, but that's because what we're doing here, we're actually becoming um, the test case for the way Lotteries is going to fund um, food relief and food security programs. And so we are leading into that space just through the little thing that we can do here. A few volunteers, a hard slog driving a van every week. But imagine what God is able to do when we hand over what little we have in our hand. And we can begin, we might not be able to have space all week where people can come, work, share lunch, buy coffee, and find community. But what we can do is do that on a Sunday. And so what we're doing today, having coffee in the morning, making space for people to come in and have conversation, staying after for lunch, we're beginning to make space for community here beyond just a Sunday service. And we will talk about Sundays. Um, I think we're getting a little... But we'll be talking about services. What we do here between 10 and 11.30 will be services or Sundays, not... Um, I can't actually tell you what we're calling it without giving away the name. Don't put that slide up, by the way, because I just realised I put the name on it. Um, um, so... But using that language in a way, yeah, I think most people know anyway, so. Uh, so, but using language that talks about our services in a way that doesn't make out like church is our service, oh, church, uh, church is, yeah, our service, nor is church what we do just within the walls of this building. And so, uh, there's a way that we're going to frame that in our language that helps to communicate that to people. Can you jump to the missions slide if you're able? I don't know how we're going back there. The one with the, um, the um, friendly looking guy with the sign. Yeah. Um, it's a great little um, mural I found in Melbourne. Um, so our mission... This is not our mission statement, but I wanted to frame or explain this before we talk about our mission statement. Our mission is God's mission. We're not on our own individual mission. That means the mission of the churches alongside of us that are committed to following Jesus, whether they think the same as us or not, whether we always agree or not, whether we even are like, you know, different in distance or in, um, in the way that we approach church, 
we still are part of a bigger picture that includes them. No matter where they might be on their journey or where we are on ours, we always have to remember that we're part of God's mission, not our own. And so that means that the way that actually affects how we work with the churches alongside us, that affects how we work with even the organizations in our community. It means we consider whether we're going to do something here, if that's going to affect someone who's alongside us, because it's not about us, it's about God's mission, the kingdom mission, seeking and saving the lost, no one shall out, no separation, no suffering. These are all from Scripture, by the way, and there's more. I mean, we could, I could just read out, you know, all the Scriptures that give us a picture of God's plan or God's vision for his creation. And it's not scary it's good. He will wipe every tear from their eye. That doesn't sound like sometimes the vision that we're told, but it's definitely what God tells us his end game is. All things reconciled. And if that's God's vision, then our mission is to work towards that, whatever that might look like now. So if God's mission is all things reconciled, then yes, we put in place a reconciliation action plan with First Nations people. Yes, we talk about gender equality. Yes, we talk about the treatment of those who are diverse in all sorts of ways. Yes, we make space for those who've been excluded because if God's picture is reconciliation, all things reconciled to him, if we're to stand in the way of people because we, as those who carry the name of God, say we're in and you're out, how are we living into God's big picture? So that is our mission. Our mission statement, though, something, I guess, somewhat necessary in, our, in the way that we communicate and explain to those around us. As much the same as what we have up on the board out there. But two things changed when I was working through how to frame this one, that we're not a church where people can find hope. We're people finding hope. A gathering of people finding hope, following Jesus, participating in transformation. We can talk about love and compassion, but there's more than that. Equality, justice, all of those things are important. Transformation believing for the restoration of all things, basically pursuing God's vision for the world. Our core values remain what we framed a little while ago. And like I've said to a few, I don't think 
the heart of who we are needs to change, maybe just the language. Because I love who we are as a people. I love what we have been able to do with this little space of ours. And while there's room to grow and room to go, I don't think our values need to change. I think we've been working towards and growing into those. In fact, I think we've actually just been over the last year talking about and learning ourselves how to talk about those things. So we talk about communion with God and each other, that deeper. The commission, the wider, serving, equipping those of, uh, you know, the, the work of the church is the equipping of the saints. And then all of us go and do the work of the ministry. And so all are involved in the commission. It's not just what happens here. We do that by way of example, by way of inviting people into. But that's not the limitation of the work of the ministry. Where you go tomorrow is the work of the ministry. And compassion. Doing all of those things with the another in mind. How is what I'm going to do today affecting the person I'm going to encounter today? How is what we're going to do tomorrow as a church going to affect our community? How is what I post on social media going to affect those who read it? This doesn't always look like being nice, by the way, which is why I think it's important to use kind is different than nice. Micah 6.8, we do it justly, kindly, and humbly. Different. Different to those outside of being followers of Jesus, to some degree. Some do that sometimes better than those of us in the church. But we can work on that, we can grow into that, we can aim to be that. We've chosen all of the things that we're communicating this with intentionally. Things that reflect the message consistently from the space you walk into on a Sunday morning. The reason why you face each other to an extent and when and if we ever had a bigger crowd, we'd probably make it even more so. The reason why we don't put the lights out completely so that you can't see anyone around you, the reason why we put tables in the foyer so that you can sit and have conversations is because coming to church is not about what we come to get for ourselves, but it's about coming together as community. So when we do church in a way that we can see each other, we're part of a communion. We're not just by ourselves. We can and should build our relationship with God in our, you know, quiet space. But we come to worship together. Making this a space where people actually feel the way that we intend for them uh, or would like for them to feel when they come in. So that is with 
a, a welcoming environment, a space where we can be real, not anything that's, you know, corporate or, you know, we're moving maybe away from some of that kind of a field or something that feels a little bit more like home or maybe even a little bit more like being outside in creation. And the idea of peace that's so uh, evident in like the sort of colours that we're choosing um, and if all things are working towards this idea of God's peace for the world, not what we would define as peace, maybe not having the kids wake you up at 5.30 in the morning or not having, you know, a whole lot of work demands going on, but that idea of peace where all things are made right, that idea of shalom that is God's initial idea of everything right. That should be the way that you feel in a space where you're wanting to uh, seek who God is and learn about that, and so we're working towards that. And and so you'll... uh, Hopefully by the end of next week when you arrive, you'll be arriving to a church that has a new name on the building. Uh, We aren't able to change the name and you haven't got anything in writing today because it has to go through a legal process which we're yet to get approved. And so we can't actually, we can tell you and show you, but we can't put the name on the building. We can't um, print anything until we get that approved. Um, but what we can do is tell you what we're changing it to. And so I'm hoping that next week you will arrive at Sanctuary Church. Um, we... You like it? <laughs> so you'll come along to Sundays at Sanctuary when we go, and wherever we go, we're Sanctuary Church. And this place, the space that we're seeking to build and establish in our community will be the sanctuary. Uh, So that is a name that communicates um, and that people from outside of the church world will recognise as a place of help and safety, a place they can go to to find peace or seek those sort of things. And so uh, that, you know, when we speak to those in uh, our community, they'll be referring people to the sanctuary for assistance, just like they do to um, our community programs now. They'll be referring, you know, Alter One will be at the sanctuary, hosted by Sanctuary Church. The idea of sanctuary has a number of different meanings, but all of them actually work for who we are called to be. So carriers, the sanctuary is um, by definition a place where God's presence is contained. 
a place where God's presence can be found, a holy place where God's presence can be found. And so that's kind of what you would typically maybe associate with the church building. But we as the church become that, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, we actually take that place of God's presence into the world. What we do in our community becomes creating a sanctuary of God's presence in the place that we go. A sanctuary is a place where people can find refuge and safety. A sanctuary can be a place where there is particular protection around an environment so that it can be restored to its initial intended way of being. So you create a marine sanctuary so that things can be restored or a, um, you know, an environmental sanctuary so that animals and, you know, the whole ecology of that place can be restored. As we create sanctuary in our community, in our neighbourhood, we actually create space where we're stepping into being able to see things restored, whether that be people to their relationship with God, each of us individually finding place to seek, ask the questions that we need to ask, maybe even bring the doubts that we have or, or the issues that we have and find a place of being able to be restored ourselves. Inviting others into a place of being restored, whether that is finding their needs met, whether that is finding community to belong in, whether that is getting the assistance they need, or even learning the processes and learning what scripture teaches about reconciliation and and restoring relationships and being able to do those things well, building the character that we need to be able to see family relationships restored or or friendships, community. And you can show the logo if you like. So this will be, and it might... Maybe I've looked at the seats a whole lot longer than you have, but um, sort of reminds me of the seating arrangement. Um, uh, it's not just that, but represents that, um, that idea of shelter, creating space. Sam also pointed out at some point that it's like a C for Cornerstone, turned sideways, it's like turning around. <laughs> that was unintentional. He also may have looked at the logo a lot longer. Um, That idea of being uh, in community together, uh, creating space, not only in this place, but shelter and sanctuary in the world. So the band can come and join us again if you like. We believe as we find a deeper and wider faith, then we'll naturally reflect that. As we create space for people to search, we invite people to search alongside us. As we create opportunities within the church for people to be equipped and go, 
and do, then people will naturally begin to do those things individually in their workplace, even those outside of the church, even those yet to come to faith. We've done some of that, taken some steps towards that. We even do, uh, you know, are able to speak into that to some degree with, uh, with other churches at this point. But we're believing that God's calling us into a place of embodying that, of leading in that space. And we're inviting everyone into that. So if you're yet to feel like, uh, you know, maybe um, you've been on the outside kind of looking in, um, watching wondering if this is a place for you. Maybe you've been here for a long time but never felt like this is your space. One of the reasons why we decided to redefine who we are was so that all of you would have an opportunity to be part of creating something new in our community. This is an invitation and opportunity to step into this being what you do what we do not what I do or Sam does or Debbie does or what people have done before us but what we do our church well, maybe you're just at a place of exploring your faith at this point. And you want to make or ask someone to pray with you or take this opportunity to respond to God in a way that makes space for him to begin to do these things through you. Whether you're visiting or part of this community or just dropping by. Every one of us is called to be part of God's mission. So it's not just about what we do here, but what we all do. And I believe while we might call and put our name on, you know, what we're doing for the sake of communicating it, it's not something that is just about us. But I believe that this is where God is taking the wider church to a place of people being able to be restored, to go deeper in their faith, to encounter God in real ways. We're putting that back in its bigger picture of the world being restored, of people being invited in because of who Jesus is, because of good news, not good performances or programs. I don't think that we actually need any of that to invite people into who Jesus is. And sometimes we fall into the trap of waiting to be able to invite people to a Sunday service that's going to be an outreach service 
But I think the gospel is bigger than that. I think the good news is better than that. And I think as we allow God to change us and we begin to speak that language, it invites people in in a way that it wouldn't matter if we didn't even have a Sunday gathering. This is just one of the ways which we can equip. Putting those things back together deeper, wider, so that we can be different. Duncan's going to come and share communion for us. So I'll hand over to him as we share communion together. Consider that as you come forward and take a step. Uh, That is part of your response whether to individually to be part of God's bigger picture his mission but even what that means for you here this morning in this place Well, that was quite a lot to take in. I thought you did really well, baby. Really well. I know you've put a lot of hard work into this week. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> and I know for me, I was really proud of Cornerstone. And I uh, love that name, Cornerstone. Like Tara said, that foundation is actually a really strong foundation. I so love the way that we were looked after as a couple in this church, Cornerstone, and Pastor Pete and Les um, Hack. Just phenomenal. Um, um, for some of you that don't know, I'm obviously I'm the husband of the the pastor. How's that? <laughs> it's no real special privilege, is there? No, it is. It is a massive privilege. And um, like I said, I've just been so impressed with the way that we are heading as a church. It's um, such a. I am so proud of this this change, the Sanctuary Church. Um, in fact, just this week I was away. Um, I'm a serving police officer, and I got to uh, go down to Dunsborough, where I just pray one day my daughter will have the wisdom to navigate that levers. I was so impressed, eh? There's a group of people called Red Frogs, which our church are involved in, and they are the sanctuary to those kids. And it was such a pleasure. Like, I could say with a lot of pride in the guys that I'd work with that, hey, you know, our church... The, and as I met a lot of those guys that I knew from other churches as well, my workplace is, um, is changed. And I was so proud just to say, hey, those are Christians, man. They're, they're down here. What, you mean they pay to go down there and look after these kids? Um, well, I can tell you now that you can be very proud of this church, Sanctuary Church, and what it's going to do in the community. I'm just, yeah, so looking forward to this next, um, this next step. And just like that with communion, I've been asked to do communion today. I don't think there was anything wrong with the way that we were doing communion, that we, we took communion in our seats. But I so see the togetherness that God's calling us to, to come and receive together, not just on your own some lonesome, as such a small change, but a, a vital change. Um, so the call to the table. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God. For those who want to love God more, that's us. So come, 
you who have much faith and you who have little. You have been here often and you have come for the first time. Who have tried to follow Jesus and who have failed in following Jesus. And you who have just decided to follow Jesus for the first time, come. Let nothing keep you from love's feast. Let nothing empty this table of its power. Leave judgment behind and receive mercy. Leave indifference behind and recognize God's family. Leave now if necessary and go and be a forgiver. Then run back because it is the Lord who invites you. It is God's will that those who desire Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit should encounter him here. So come. So each week we share a benediction and uh, this week we're going to do it in its uh, full length the same way as we have uh, over the last little while. And while we're going to put it up, uh, we're going to try and uh, make it long enough that just uh, we can all memorize each week be able to share in a way that we all have memorized. But this week, uh, I want you to hear and know it's something that's come out of Isaiah 61 that Jared helped us write about a year ago to reflect who we believed that God was calling us to be. And I think that none of this has changed that actually we've probably become more of this, that we're able to name more, do more that looks like this. This is the same that Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 4 when he opens a scroll. It's the first thing he chooses to share. It shapes his ministry and As we share it each week and go out, it shapes ours. Church, we have come as we are, but by his grace we are sent out, not the same. For in this place, the spirit that anointed Christ has been poured out on us. He has exchanged a crown of beauty for our ashes, the oil of joy for our sorrow, a garment of praise for our spirit of despair. He has spoken over us a new name, Oaks of Integrity, and prophesied we will grow into a canopy of his beauty to bless and rebuild this city in his unfailing, nonviolent love. So go, broadcast good news for the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, prophesy freedom for the captives, let the blind see, set free the oppressed, and live jubilee, and forgive, blessing our enemies, because Christ has shut the book on vengeance. Go now in his liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's kingdom of mercy. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks, Sanctuary Church. We'll see you next week.